Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people, to experience the compassionate love of the Father, and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. I need you to participate today, okay? So I, I, just, I want you to know how it works in my head. I, I think about all week, and I pray, and I prepare, and I, I have this expectation of kind of how I hope that it goes. <laughs> Anybody ever been there in anything in your life? Yeah, yeah, you feel it. Like at work or with holidays, you know, you have this like picture of how it's going to be, and family's going to come over and it's going to be great and you know we just went through Christmas and they open up their gift and they're going to they're going to dance and they're going to sing and thank you for the gift and you know all these expectations that we have and so welcome to my world every single week <laughs> of my life and so I, I just think oh, who's going to be there Lord and uh, you know and then I just was praying the other day I was like God I just obviously we want you to be there and more than anything else we want you to be present and uh and so I just had this thought today that we would, we would participate in, in praise. And we participate in repentance. And I know that scares some of you. And don't get too freaked out about it. Um, but, uh, but, we, but if we're going to be a body together, right? I don't want church to be this typical experience where you just come in and leave. You know, like you just show up and you just walk out of here and nothing's different or you didn't you didn't experience anything new like that's a that's a fear of mine every single week and I know I'm partly responsible for that so it brings a little bit of pressure and you know it's like okay Lord I don't want to we're not going to manufacture anything we're not going to whip up a frenzy and just you know like anything that's fake no fake news here today all right no fake news it's all we want it to be real and so one of the things that as I think about the early Christians and then when the church really got its start, they were devoted to one another and they were devoted to prayer. I mean, to the point of just, they gathered together on a regular basis. Turn to your Bible, if you will, to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. And, and just a, a little more uh, history for some of you as we were thinking about this church and what it would look like and what it would be like, Acts the, the church in Acts was kind of like a heart's desire. Like, well, what would it look like if, if people lived like this and did life like this together? So the first place I want you to look is in Acts chapter 1 and look at verse number 13. Or, excuse me, verse 12. And in my Bible, the subtitle is United in Prayer. In a little, little context, Jesus has just ascended into heaven. He, he, he's just ex- explained to them that he goes, I'm going away, I'm going to come back one of these days for you, but while I'm gone, you keep doing the things that I've been doing. You, you'll even do greater things than I've been doing. Uh, for one, it's because I'm going to put my spirit inside of all of you, and that way we can cover more territory, more ground, because there's more of you than there is just of me. And it says that the disciples... Then returned to Jerusalem. This is Acts chapter 1, verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. 
When they arrived, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. And here's what they did. They all were continually united in prayer. Along with the women, including Mary and the mother of Jesus and his brothers. That's what the early believers did. Right after Jesus ascended into heaven, you know it's got to be an incredible uh, moment in their life. Like, what are we going to do now? So they said, well, the one thing we do know how to do, and that is to pray. And Jesus taught us to pray. So they got together and they prayed. And I want to tell you that any great movement of God in all of the earth starts with great prayer. There is no movement of God in your life and in our community, in our world, unless God's people pray. And I'm not talking about just praying, rub-a-dub-dub, thank you for the grub kind of prayers. I'm thinking about prayers on your knees, crying out to the Lord on behalf of yourself, your family, your community, the world we live in, our government. (laughs) More people have prayed for the chiefs this week than probably they've ever prayed in their lifetime. I'm just being real with you. It's true, and you know it's true. They're praying for a favorable outcome. They're praying, God, if they lose, just help me deal with it. You know, help me not cry too much. Whatever it is. Help me not to lose too much money that I bet. You know, whatever it is, they're praying. And these people, they're continually together in prayer. So then let's just look over a little bit in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. So a little, bit, a little bit has happened now since they were met together continually in prayer. The Holy Spirit comes on the gathering when they were all together in one place, it says. And Peter, who was not very bold at all before Jesus was ascended into heaven, is filled with the Holy Spirit, becomes very bold, preaches this powerful sermon in public. People are crying out, asking what they sh- should they do. And he's telling them they need to, they need to repent and be baptized and be saved and follow Jesus, and it says people were coming to the church or being added to their number daily. And then this is, this is what the early church looked like right after that in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. My subtitle in my Bible says, A Generous and Growing Church. I think those two things go together. A few weeks ago, you heard me talk about what it is that God has allowed us to do as a church, to pour into our community and to invest in people's lives. A generous and growing church. Those two things go hand in hand. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, it says, to the fellowship, that is to one another, to the breaking of bread, and to what? They devoted themselves to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. Many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Like, what if? What if that was the thing more than anything else that this church was known for? What if everybody that walked in the door that had a need legitimate need, knew that because I am a part of this body of Christ, that the, the people of God are going to help us. 
that we're not alone in this. Like, they're going to help us walk through this. They're going to make sure we have what it is that we need. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, it'd be really amazing. Every day, they said they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and then broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Those who were saying, life as I know it doesn't seem to really make sense anymore. What these people have going on there, I want some of that. But the reality is, is for the most part, the church isn't that way. For one, church is kind of boring. It's not very masculine sometimes. It doesn't seem like there's a real fight to get into. Not like down the hallway, those little boys, they're wrestling, they're fighting. You know what, maybe we need to wrestle a little bit more, not like literally with one another, but wrestle with the things of God, the things that matter the most. We really press into these things, the stuff that's going on in our world that we, like men would stand up and be men. Amen. Amen, yeah, my brother in the back. All men should have said amen right then. I'm just going to be real with you. I sent out a text message to get some guys to come help with parking. One guy responded to my text message to say that they had come and stand in the cold. Now, maybe you didn't get the message, or maybe you got it and you weren't able to be here, but I'm just calling you out right now, men. Seriously. Like, I need some help. We need some help. We need some men to stand up and be men. And say, I'll come and do that for 30 minutes. It's no big deal. I got this. Now, I, then, then I called on another brother, and he said yes. Kind of twisted his arm a little bit, you know. I'm just ranting a little bit at this moment. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm passionate about this. That we would stand up and we would be devoted. We would be committed to one another. So, so the people were together and they were praying. So I think about praying. Once again, we talked about, we're talking about praise, repentance, asking, yielding. So the first thing is praise. First, we got to look up. Everybody look up, all right? Look up. When we praise, you know, well, we see a ceiling. We look up because we believe God is in the heavens, right? He's there. And we look up. So turn with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. It's a great book of praise. Now here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read, I'm going to read this, this psalm. Uh, we're going to talk about why we should praise and who should praise. And then I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to participate. I'm going to ask you to praise. I'm not, you don't have to get up and sing. You don't have to get up and shout or whatever. But if you have a praise, you have a particular verse that you want to read, you have a praise, I want you to, to um, either stand up right where you're at and share it or come up. And actually, let's do it on the microphone because then we can record it and we'll have it, okay? I want you to participate. I want you to praise today, okay? You don't have to be weird about it. I just want you to be real about it. Here we go. Psalm 103. My soul blessed the Lord in all that is within me, bless his holy name. My soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget all his benefits. Here's why we should praise. Listen to these words. He forgives all your iniquity. Say, he forgives. He heals all your diseases. He heals. Say, he heals. He redeems your life from the pit. Say, he redeems. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. Say, he crowns. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. Say, he satisfies. All right, good reasons to praise, right? 
Good reasons to praise. The Lord execute acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He revealed His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. Can we get an amen to that? Man, so good that He's that way. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve. Can we get an amen for that? All right, because I know my sins and I know what I deserve. And He's kind and He's compassionate. Or repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His faithful love towards those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as He removed our transgressions from us. That is good news, my friends. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. As for man, his days are like the grass. He blooms like a flower of the field. When the wind passes over it, it vanishes and its place is no longer known. But from eternity to eternity, the Lord's faithful love is towards those who fear him and his righteousness towards the grandchildren of those who keep his covenant, who remember to observe his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and in his kingdom rules over all. And then listen to this. Here's the who. Who should praise the Lord? Who should bless the Lord? Bless the Lord all his angels of great strength who do his word, obedient to his command. Bless the Lord all his armies, his servants who do his will. Bless the Lord all his works in all the places where he rules. And then he brings it home. My soul. Bless the Lord. My soul. Personal. Your soul. You bless the Lord. You praise the Lord. And he's giving you reason after reason after reason. But you know, so many times if you read in the scripture, you'll see his faithful love and compassion is towards those who fear him. If you have no reverence, or holy fear, a healthy fear of God, His love and His compassion is not for you. I'm telling you, it's not. He's a righteous God. And He's holy. And He has expectations of us. Just like as a parent, I have expectations of my children. My blessings are to my children when they walk in obedience. But what happens when you don't? It's not there. My love is there. My love never changes for them. It's unconditional, unfailing. But the blessings and the things that He gives us, this is why we should praise Him. This is why He is worthy of praise. There is none other that is more worthy of His praise on this earth. Nothing. And some of you will have to wrestle with that for a little bit longer in your life, especially you young people. You have to wrestle with it a little bit, thinking there are other things that deserve your praise, that deserve your time. But you realize that there's nothing. And he deserves our praise. And so we look up and we praise. So I'm going to ask you about you. How do you praise? What what causes you to praise? What what kind of comes to your heart? A particular passage of Scripture maybe? Um, But I want you to come and share that just as a community. We're all together in one place. We're devoted to one another. We're having church together. We're a family. Maybe you don't know everybody in the family. That's okay. I go to my family and there's still people. I'm like, who's that? Like, Oh, your cousin got remarried, and that's his wife and her five kids. I don't even know those people. 
You know, you might feel like that sometimes in church, but like, I want you to come up here. I want you to give a praise, a reason to praise. I know some of you got it in you. This mic is on. Get ready to go. God is good, right, church? Amen. Amen. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, he says, mm. right? He's That's worth good. it. Yeah. Um, if you have your Bibles out, turn to, uh, this is one of my favorites. It's right after the Ask, Seek, and Knock in Matthew chapter 7. And uh, just start in verse 8. And this is something, um, this is just one that I go over. Um, it's in my heart often. And uh, the word says, For everyone that asks, receives. And he that seeks, finds. And to him that knocks, the door is open. Or, this is where it gets really good. Or, what man is there of you of whom a son asks bread and you give him a stone? And then it goes on. I'm going to flip over so I don't mess up the words. <laughs> Then it says, or if he ask a fish, would give him a snake. If you then, that's us, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your Father which is in heaven give good gifts to them that ask him? And so whether it's spiritual gifts or gifts of things that you need or, you know, chief stuff, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> only kidding. But the Lord does give good gifts, and he does reward those that ask him in belief and faith, and that's one that encourages me. Just wanted to share that a little bit with you, too. Amen. Good. That's a perfect example. And you be encouraged when others praise and when we hear good report. This is my friend Ginger. She's my pretty new friend. Known each other a little while. My favorite passage is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, um, and on. It says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Amen. That was definitely one of the ones that I looked at when I was thinking about praise. It doesn't take much for me to be prodded up here to praise the Lord. <laughs> um, but for many of you, most of you, you know my story. Um, I've shared it a few different times. Um, but there is nothing more um, that I can praise the Lord for. The fact that he's delivered me from self-infliction, from depression after losing a child from burying a child, um, from years of battling, um, just, you know, just all kinds of different battles in a marriage whenever you can, sit, you can stand and you can say you've lasted 25 years, that's worthy of praise because most of those battles have been fought on my knees in my front room at 2 o'clock in the morning. That mm. is the most precious time to praise the Lord. When you feel like you are, um, you're getting beat up on all sides and there's nothing more that you can give, the best plan of action is to get on your knees and to praise the Lord through the, the worst of storms, and he will meet you every time. And so one of the biggest things of obedience, I think, that I have to, to praise the Lord about right now is I just met with a man at work um, this last week, and he used to work for me as one of my strongest uh, leaders. And um, I had a call in my life about two years ago when he worked for me to, to bring him into a room 
and to pray over him as a leader, as a father, as a husband. And I was nervous about doing it because it's always, you know, shady to do something like that whenever you work in a corporate environment like I do. But I did it, and I took him into a room, and I said, I'm going to lay my hands on you, and if it's okay with you, I'm going to pray over you because I feel like this is what the Lord wants me to do for you. It's like passing the baton to faith. He came to me this last week, and he said that he has given his life to the Lord. His whole family has recently been baptized. They're an active church um, family that is now seeking the Lord strong, and they've joined the community church of Journey over at Liberty, and there is nothing more that he loves more than anything than seeing his kids just praise the Lord on Sundays. So, Amen. We can clap for that. That's a good victory. Yes, please. First thing, am I on? Yeah, you're on. Uh, first thing is uh, Michael and I are just um, praising God because our, our son Matthew was just in a car accident. Um, and he walked away completely unharmed. And um, we know that's uh, God's hand on him. Hmm. <laughs> um, I have several uh, verses, but um, one that uh, I think I have pulled up here. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. 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 Thank you. I always think that, you know, when we walk into church on Sunday morning, you never know what's going on in people's lives and what they're walking through. So, gotcha. I know we all, uh, we, we face lots of different things, lots of different difficulties, lots of uh, challenges. And it's not until we, we really dig in, like what, what they were doing, you know, getting into each other's homes, getting into each other's lives, being real with one another that we figure out, you know, we're all going through the same junk. There's, you know, in the words of Solomon, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, everybody's going through it. We all have the same struggles. They just happen at different times. And so that's where this comes in and plays in as being so, uh, such a thing that we can, we can lean on each other for. Because that's exactly right. You know, they've been through it. They know that, you know, they're on the other side of it. But I love this word in uh, John chapter 16. Verse uh, 31 says, Jesus responded to them, Do you now believe? Indeed, an hour is coming and has come when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. And here's, here's the kicker. I love this. Verse 33. I've told you these things so that in time you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous. I've conquered the world. Amen. Amen. One more here. Okay. Um, some of y'all know I was diagnosed with a neuromuscular disease eight or so years ago. Um, <clears throat> been through a lot of different treatments, medicine, um, turn our lives upside down uh, pretty much, and missing work all the time. Um, had no family time. I go to work, come home, go to bed, get up and do it again. Um, and after all the medicines have failed, uh, we started looking into infusions, uh, neotherapy infusion, and I got approved uh, November, something like that. And uh, it happened to be also the most expensive drug on the market right now. 
is 150,000 or so a dose, and I do it every week. Um, well, not every two weeks now. And uh, we got approved for that, fully funded. Um, we don't pay a dime, and we got it done for home infusions. So I don't have to take any time from work. I do it in the evenings, and um, I don't have to take naps anymore. I don't have to lay down anymore. I don't miss work anymore, and I have family time. Yeah, uh, I just never knew I could feel this good again, and have the time with my girls and my wife, just to do the things we like to do. Um, I knew it was affecting them a lot, because every time I come home, the girls would ask where I am, and Emily would just say, "Daddy's in bed again," um, or I'd be taken out of work. I was even wheelchair out of work one day because I couldn't walk on my own. And I worked with kids, so that was a problem. Mm -hmm. I'm a custodian, so they had to do a hold in place so all the kids stay in the, r the rooms so they could wheelchair me out because I don't want them to see me like that. And went from that to like um, building things again at home, working on projects at home. I can work a full week and have energy to play. And I mean, I went sledding the other day. <laughs> and, and that was just incredible. And then we went on a hike in the woods. I haven't been able to do that in years. So um, I haven't felt this good in probably four or five years. And just praise God. Because, and without. Amen. Uh, it's just amazing. So thanks for all the prayer, too. So, Amen. That's, that's, that's the kind of stuff we're talking about. Where we can give praise to the Lord of things that are going on. Sometimes it's just little things that go go on throughout the day. Sometimes it's big things like that. And it's important to, to share those things. Now I want to look in. This is where we can all participate, um, maybe privately, maybe publicly, but we can look inside as we think about in our own life. And Brady preached on it a few weeks ago, and, and, ha and he just had a powerful word about repentance and the fruit that comes from it. And uh, Oswald Chambers, who wrote this incredible devotional uh, called My Utmost for His Highest, if you ever read it before, he, uh, there's a quote in there. It says, how many of us have learned to look inwardly with courage? How many of us have learned to look inside, deep inside, with courage, not afraid of what we'll find? And not afraid to show or to share with somebody else what it is we do find? I have a confession for you. This is, no, don't get freaked out. I didn't have an affair or anything like that, you know, but, but I do have an unhealthy relationship with my phone. So I looked, I took this picture, this screenshot yesterday. It had only been up, it had only been up a couple hours, and I took the screenshot of my screen time. Have you, have you ever, ever done that? To show how much time you spend on your screen. Guys, young people, you ever done that? Shocking, isn't it? Here's the thing that shocked me the most. One hour and one minute on social networking. Six minutes of creativity. That's pretty sad. I don't know what that means, really. Here, here's, listen, here's the thing that shook me to the core. Three minutes of Productivity. Three minutes 
out of an hour and a half of being productive. That's a confession. It's looking inward. And I use it as a, I can use it as an excuse because well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the pastor of the church and people need me. People need to get a hold of me. And I got to be available. And, you know, and it's a phone number people call and they need, have needs and stuff like that. Yeah, it's true. And that happens a lot. But it doesn't happen every day or every hour of every day. Do you know in the 1700s, they, they said that the church basically is, is worn out its, its usefulness in the, in the nation and that church wasn't needed anymore. That people just weren't going. Churches were closing. The bars were full and the churches were empty. And this went on for years until there was a great, a great awakening that started around uh, the year 1900 when people in the church started to pray again. <laughs> when people started to come and get real with one another, they started to, to, at that time, they didn't have the phone. I don't know what it was that they were doing, but they were putting those things aside, and they were coming together and starting to pray. And there was a young guy who was 26 years old. His name was Evan Roberts. And Evan was a miner. He was a worker, and he gave up this career to go into ministry because he felt God's call on his life. And he started to, um, started to pray, and he prayed this prayer one day. He said, oh, God, would you bend me? Not break me, but would you bend me? And when he prayed that prayer, the Lord said, I want you to go back to your home church. I want you to leave the seminary you're at right now. Go back to your home church, and I want you to say these words to them. And so he, he went to his pastor. It would be like me standing up here and someone coming in the door and saying, Hey, Brady, the Lord's got a word today for the church. And, of course, most of the time, here's how it goes. Uh, well, you need to share that word with me privately before I let you just get up in front, even though I just handed the microphone to some of you. You know? And the pastor said, Well... Oh, you can't share that at church. You can share it at the prayer meeting. So then he comes to the prayer meeting, and then he he sat there the whole time, and the pastor wouldn't let him speak. Until the end, the pastor said, well, our friend Evan uh, has a few um, words to say. If anybody wants to stay around to hear them, that's fine. The rest of you can go if you want. I don't know how many people were in the church service that, that, or the prayer meeting that day. Maybe let's say there was 100 people. How many people think stayed to hear what Evan had to say? 17. Seventeen people stayed around to hear what it is that Evan had to say. And this is from a document called A Spiritual Awakening. And uh, Evan goes in, he sits down with these 17 people, and he says, I have a message for you from God. And listen to what he shared with them. He says, there's a few things I need you to do. He says, first, you must confess any known sin to God. Any known sin, right here, right where you're at. You don't have to do it out loud. (laughs) But I want you to confess any known sin to God. I could give you a laundry list of what they are, but you know what it is already. You know because it's your sin and it's personal. This was just one of mine and I confessed it in front of all of you. Confess any known sin. And... Put any wrong done to man right. 
Anything that you have between another human being, if you have the opportunity, make it right. We've done this before. We've talked about this before in church. Maybe it's someone right here in this church. You have ill feelings towards. You've been talking about them to other people and you're frustrated with them or whatever it is. It might be your spouse. <laughs> Just being real. Make it right. He says, Second, you must put away any doubtful habit out of your life. If you have a habit, you're like, you know, I probably really shouldn't be doing this, but yet I just, I can't, just can't seem to stop. It's, it's time to stop. It's time to find some help to stop. Maybe you're like, I've tried, but I can't do it on my own. I need to find some help to stop. If it's doubtful, if it's causing you to think, probably not holy, probably not really the best thing for me right now, I need to put it away. Third, you must obey the Spirit's prompting. If God is asking, the Holy Spirit is prompting you and asking you to do something, even if it is right now, obey the very next thing he's asking you to do. Don't wait till later. Like, well, I'll get to it later when I, when I feel up to it. I feel more courage or whatever. No, do it now. <laughs> don't, don't wait because might, you might not have another chance. Finally, it says, you must confess your faith in Christ publicly. How many of you have ever had the opportunity to say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ? Believe that he's my Lord. Believe that he, he was raised from the dead. He conquered death. I put my hope and trust in him. I mean, I'm not, not who I want to be yet, but I'm getting there. But I, publicly, Christ is my Savior. He says, confess it publicly. And by 10 o'clock, all 17 people in this room had responded. The pastor was so pleased, he said, how about speaking for us at the mission service tomorrow night? How about the midweek service on Wednesday night? He preached all week. They asked him to stay for another week. And then the break came. You say, what do you mean the break? People started to come to the church. People started to get real with one another. Great crowds of people were drawn to this community. The main road between these, this church and one particular place in this community, it says, was so packed from wall to wall. People trying to get into the church. People were closing shops and stores early in order to get a place in church. The reporter that was dispatched to describe what he saw, it was a strange thing. It, it closed at 425 in the morning and then people didn't seem to be willing to go home. The people were still standing outside the church talking about what had happened. And then the, a British summary. I felt this was no ordinary gathering. How many times, and partly it's my fault maybe, that we walk in the church and it's just another Sunday. This game this afternoon is not just any other game. It's a big game. But it will come and go and life will move on. But it's when God's people got serious about Him and about each other 
extraordinary things happened. And extraordinary things only happen after extraordinary prayer. And you may say, well, what do you mean by extraordinary? Maybe you skip lunch to pray. Maybe you get up early to pray. Maybe you stay up late to pray. Maybe you start praying with your kids and your family, your wife. You pray over your wife. You, you start doing things that you never thought you would ever do. But it starts first. It starts first with this inward look and this prayer, oh God, bend me. Help me get rid of the things in my life that don't belong there anymore that are keeping me from really knowing you and really walking with you and really being effective. Listen, those things are keeping this church from growing. Do you know that? God's not going to show up in a place where we haven't dealt with our sin. We haven't forgiven one another. We haven't loved one another the right way. And I know for some of you, this is your first time. You're like, whoa, is it heavy this time? Like this all the time? No, not all the time, but sometimes. <laughs> I want to see this place full of people. And I promise you, it's not because I want people to say, oh, what an incredible Pastor Brady is. I'm just an average person. <laughs> Unschooled, ordinary person that's just been with Jesus a little bit. I do. I expect this place to be full someday. But it's not going to happen until the church starts to pray. So we start getting real with one another. So we start confessing things to one another and just being, real, just being honest you know, let me ask you, is God speaking to you about any of those things that I shared? Any doubtful habits that you need to get rid of? Any unconfessed sin? Any wrong that needs to be made right with another person? Do you need to listen to the Spirit's prompting? Do you need to confess your faith publicly? Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.